Broadcasting from the confines of an abandoned radio station in the secluded apartment building of high strangeness from the foothills of the Colorado Rockies, it's time for full disclosure of the topics they told us were off limits. Hello there, I'm Connie Willis. This is Coast to Coast AM. Tonight, tarot and the beast of Bray Road. Stay warm, turn off those lights too, and join me for another interesting evening of conversation, much needed education, and the chance that we might get a little closer to the truth of what lurks amongst us and what is beyond. I'm Connie Willis, and this is Coast to Coast AM. You're listening to Coast to Coast AM. Hello there, Connie Willis, two nights in a row, loving it, a great weekend. It's been very, very fun here on Coast, but... Very, very cold outside. Minus seven where I'm at right now. <laughs> Hopefully, I've, I've got my, my little blanket around me. I got my shoes on and, and just ready to, because uh, cause when we're on the air, you got to turn off the heat or you'll just hear. And these microphones are great. They pick up everything. So, you know, the things we have to do to make sure it sounds really good for you guys. We, you know, it, it'd be a little frigid in here for me, but no, I'll be okay. I'll definitely be okay. But minus seven where I'm at right now. And that's just more like the airport. I'm sure it's colder where I am, but I hope that you're staying warm. Uh, Last night, by the way, I want to thank so many people, all of you, by the way, that were here. But, uh, you know, you guys really send some great emails to me. I really appreciate it. I mean, just there's no way I can answer them all. There's no way I can. I, I do my best to read them all as well. So thanks for the shorter ones. But it was uh it was interesting because what we did last night was tattoo removal right and open lines and a lot of people would be like oh i don't know about that i don't know if i'll be watching that i don't know if i'll or listening to that i don't know if i'll be listening to that but then you guys wrote me and said you know i wasn't sure about listening to that but man it was fascinating it was great it was interesting it was much better than i thought it was going to blah 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 just have to trust your little connie girl everything's fine right i know it was it was very interesting wasn't it that's why i brought it to you it was um really something and a lot of lives have changed because of it and uh yeah i found it interesting too it was a whole lot more than what you thought right so thanks to those of you that hung in there and said man that was really something so tonight right back at you with the uh, tarot and taking it, you know, deeper into the unknown with also back in uh, getting an update of the Beast of Bray Road. So that will be for tonight, right? So I'm glad that you hung in there yesterday and went, yeah, you know what? That that was really cool. We also want to hope that Richard Seard had a good birthday. He'll be back uh, tomorrow night. I think he's going to be on. So you can ask him about that. All right. Well, again, stay warm. I know it's cold where I am. We got a three-day weekend still going on. And we're going to start the night with John Russell. Now, John's been on Coast to Coast quite a bit. And uh, golly, this 45 years of his expertise, or maybe maybe more even, as a professional psychic and uh, paranormal investigator. He's witnessed over 800 manifestations. Wow. I have to ask him a little bit more about that, but he he has a lot of things that he can do. I just, uh, you know, I was wanting to get more specific and, you know, I've had, I've just always wondered more about tarot and tarot cards. And I've had people on uh, my Blue Rock show asking about that, but it just doesn't seem like I've all, I've 
always gotten like the history, the art, the this, the that, all the different things about it. It seemed to be kind of just a simple thing where people would just go, oh, I just like it. And here's the cards and this is what you do. And I just want to go deeper. You know, it's like, no, there's got to be a ton of history to this. There's got to be there's got to be much more to the tarot cards because I remember them as a kid. You see such different artwork. You see people do it in different ways. They pull different cards in a, in a separate way. Some people always pull three. Some people have to have one to, as a base, and then they put others on top of it, and then to the left, and then to the right. It, there's just so much to it, and I've never heard anybody really explain it. I know the Bible speaks of it and to stay away from it. So uh, these are all the things that were interesting to me to want to find out. And I think John may be able to pull that off for us tonight. So let's go ahead and bring him back on again to coast to coast because he's no stranger here. Uh, he and I have just met with each other. So John, it is nice to have you here on coast to coast with me. How are you tonight? Hey, Connie, I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me. It is our first time together. And I'm really looking forward to it. I love the tarot. I've used the tarot my entire life. So we're going to have a lot of fun talking about the tarot. Yeah, and people can uh, call in and ask questions about that, too. Because, uh, sure. you know, when when I've mentioned it, too, people start writing me, oh, my gosh, I've always wanted to know. Or I've got a billion cards, different types of sets of cards. Right, or right. I want to know deeper what I'm doing. And it just seems like, I don't know, maybe it's me, but it just doesn't seem readily available out there. So give us what you got there, John. I'm, I'm excited because we're, and, and, and first of all, let me ask you the Bible part of it. Do you have that answer? Cause it says in the Bible something about stay away. That's yeah, all I really remember from, as a kid. Uh, stay away mm -hmm. from mediums and, uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Stay away from John Russell. I, I think stay I saw away, that in there. Stay away from John Russell. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, uh, I've I've been asked to address uh, those uh, those scriptures quite a bit, as you can mm. imagine. And uh, the the funny thing is, uh, first off, we have to realize that the Bible is full of paranormal activity. Oh, absolutely! Activity, miraculous activity. Yes. I mean, you have talking animals. You have uh, floating axe heads that come up from the bottom of the the water and float to the surface so the guy can retrieve them. You have mm. people going up to the heavens in a chariot of fire and so on and so forth. So the Bible is full of paranormal activity. It's okay if it's sanctioned by the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, then it falls under condemnation. And I mm. think most religions are that way. So we have to look at it from that perspective to begin with. And then we have to also understand, and we're just, you know, we're just, look, we're scratching the surface here. It goes much, much deeper, and I could spend probably the entire show uh, just talking about this aspect of things. But this is enough to give you a, a general overview and an understanding. Um, the, uh, the scriptures are wildly misinterpreted and, and wildly written in different ways and so on and so forth. There's one verse that says, you shall not suffer a witch to live. You, you shouldn't let a witch live. And the more accurate translation of the word witch is actually poisoner. And in going mm. back in the history of the, in the context of the, uh, the verse, the speculation is that 
there would be people that would get it in for a family and would poison their well or possibly even poison the community well, the community Mm. drinking water. And so if you allow the poisoner to live, they might go on unchecked and continue to poison other wells or continue to kill other people or whatever. So that's part of it. And then I remember my uh, my wife is Jewish, and uh, we went to uh, went to synagogue one time, and you know these are the people that wrote the Bible, <laughs> you know the Old Testament. These are the people that wrote the thing, and the marvelous <laughs> thing about it was that we were sitting there in the synagogue, and I was going through the Old Testament and notes by Hebrew scholars were just marvelous to read because they would have these footnotes that were so real and so authentic and so genuine, and they would say the word or words that here are translated thus and such. This is our best guess. We don't know. We don't know exactly what they were trying to convey. We don't know exactly the meaning. We're inferring from the context of the time, of the culture, of the surrounding verses, but we're not 100% sure. And I thought, oh, my God, how refreshing, how wonderful. So a lot of what we have there, um, you know, is, is speculation. And always will be. It will always, always be talked be. about and argued yeah. and conversed, right? Exactly. So, exactly. so tarot itself, what is um, – okay, let me – I, I want to throw this out first, too. Sure. When uh, When I've had readings before – People mm-hmm. will throw out the tarot cards. Uh, some people never use cards at all. Some people use tarot. But mm-hmm. some people have used just a deck of cards. I always thought that was kind of, it was like the coolest to me. They could use cards and they used the jacks and kings and queens. So what's the difference between the cards and tarot? Uh, or maybe there's not. Well, actually, uh, people, according to history, People actually did fortune-telling with playing cards before the tarot Mm -hmm. came about. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so playing cards have been around. Some people say playing cards may have been around as early as the ninth ninth century in China. Hmm. There's no absolute verification of that, but that's the scuttlebutt when you start researching. So the playing cards actually predate the tarot. Now, the tarot... The history of the tarot is very murky and very muddy. Uh, Some say it originated in France in the 1300s. Others say no, around 1450 in Italy with the Visconti deck. Um, So it's it's murky. One thing people do agree on is that the tarot deck derived from playing cards and is Mm -hmm. an outgrowth of the standard deck of playing cards. And then various trump cards were added uh, the major arcana, so on and so forth, and then it grew to be what it is today. And the typical tarot deck today, the, the traditionally recognized tarot deck, has 78 cards. There are 22 cards that make up what's called the major arcana, and the major arcana cards have to deal with the most important matters and the spiritual matters that we face in our lives. Then the remaining 56 cards are divided into um, four suits. The suit of wands, which typically represents creativity. Uh, cups, which represent emotions. Swords, which represent action. And pentacles, which represent the material realm, including money, 
physicality, so on and so forth. So that's the short of how the tarot deck came about. Uh, the tarot, as we know it, apparently was pretty much uh, solidified in that 1450 Visconti deck in Italy. My suspicion is that the um, the tarot may go way further back than we realize. I bet uh, you're right. Yeah, because, and the reason I say that, um, there's two reasons. One, psychically, is that I can tune in on the tarot and trace it back further than what recorded history is um, to uh, similar symbologies or uses or decks or whatever that may have been maybe, you know, not printed on paper, stiff paper, but may have been on, uh, you know, parchment or uh, bark or, or whatever. So I think this, this concept of the tarot, I think this has been around a lot longer than we realize. And like I say, I, I tune into that psychically and I get that. But also you look at things, look, we found the Baghdad battery. And we're constantly finding these things way back in antiquity that shed new light on things and, and make us realize, hey, all of these things that we think are so modern and are so new, no, they've been there a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I suspect the tarot may go way further back than we imagined. So it was interesting. You like you put them in uh, the categories. What so? Okay, um, in today's world, if you're going to do some sort of business or something, it's always the top three or the or well. Okay, let's put it in another perspective here. Mm-hmm. As a psychic, you're right. usually asked about health, love, and uh, health, Career, love, money. and money. Right. right. <laughs> so. Yeah. So you kind of had that set up too, like with the cards, right? There's a segment of say those again. So it, it kind of addresses those, but a little bit more, uh, right? Yeah. Wands, creativity, that would be artistic endeavors, uh, business endeavors as far as coming up with business, uh, conceptualizing a business, cups or emotions. So, you know, love, romance, uh, your emotional state, emotional well-being, swords represent action, motion, movement, uh, initiative, and then pinnacles, the material realm, including wealth, money, banking, your bank account, so on and so forth. So who came up with that? Who was it that sat down and goes, okay, (laughs) let's do this? We don't really know. And, you know, the tarot has evolved in its creation to its present point. And it's just like chess. I'm a chess player. And they don't know, honestly, really 100% when chess began, exactly where it originated. Mm. And I think it's the same way with tarot. We we can trace it back to a point, and we say, okay, well, that may be the origin point. But we don't know. And as far as the uh, interpretations of the cards, yeah. the suits and so on and so forth, that has been in flux. And that does change, and that's easy to, to discover for yourself because all you have to do is get instructional books on tarot, and you're going to find a ton of different shades of meaning for the cards. Yeah. And like I say, that continues to evolve. Uh, that continues to be in flux. And if you sit down and really become a student of the tarot and become proficient with the tarot, you're going to derive meanings of your own that are outside yes. of the, the book meanings and the book interpretations. Because yeah. as your intuition activates 
And as you become more connected with the tarot, you're going to realize things about the tarot uh, that, that aren't in any books. So it's always evolving. It's always in flux. You're right about that because uh, different people I've seen do it. I mean, some people, you know, they're still looking at the uh, their instructions or whatever to read what the card's all about. Right. Uh, but other people will just pull them and go, oh, do, 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 do. They, they just pull together their intuition along with the card just guiding them. Right. They use right. the card to guide. And other people use the card to just pull out, say, no, here, here's here's what your reading is. Yeah. Uh, and you got to love the ones that just use it as, ah, I think in your situation it means this and that. But that's where you got to be careful, too. It's always that interpretation. It's always that interpretation that can uh, make or break that reading, is, too. And that's <laughs> why you have to be um, so well studied that you know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I, I started out, I'll give you a little history of myself with the tarot. I started using the tarot when I was a teenager and I'm going to be 70 in March this year. So I've been Ooh. doing this thing a while. Been around the block yeah. for a while. And <laughs> the first thing, I'm an artist, and the first thing that attracted me to the tarot was the art. Yeah. The cards are beautiful. Each one is a miniature painting. Each mm -hmm. one is a miniature artwork. Yes. And I have probably in my collection, uh, uh, tangentially here, I probably have 200 decks. Oh, and, my. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I probably have 200 decks. And I bought them primarily for the wonderful artwork. That's mm. just phenomenal to see the artist interpretation of each card in each individual deck. And uh, so that was one of the first things that drew me to the deck. And then I said, you know, I, I want to get good at this. I want to see how far I can take this. Just like in any psychic skill that I've developed and done, I want to see how far I could take it, how good I could be with it. So at the time, there wasn't, this has been decades ago, and it's long, long gone, but there was an organization called Tarot International, and Tarot was an acronym, the Associated Readers of Tarot, Tarot International, and ah. you can get the degree of Certified Tarot Master. So I said, okay, this is what i got to do. Now, this is back in the day that you sent away for something by mail, and <laughs> please allow four to six weeks for delivery. And, and send nowadays, in two bubblegum wrappers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people nowadays, they can't relate to that because you want something, you go online, you get it, it's there the next day, or it's available in a download, you get it on your computer immediately. That's but right. Then, these were written lessons that came in the mail, and um, I studied them, and then there was a test at the end of the lesson, and you did the test, and you mailed it back, <laughs> and then you yeah. waited, and the mail came the next lesson with the results of your test, and another test, and so on and so forth. So what made this really, really great was that they had some unusual interpretations of the cards and ways to use the cards that I had never found in anything else, and I still use some of those tools and techniques to this day. So that was really great. The other thing was that you had to take these tests that meant that you had a true understanding of the material, of the cards, what the cards were saying, the, the general outlook of the tarot, and then get drilling down to the specifics, and that you had a grasp and an understanding of that. And the tests were very involved. The tests were very uh, very specific. And then, in addition 
to get the degree, you had to turn in actual readings. I believe there were three to five readings that you had to do for friends or family or even a stranger or whatever. And the condition of these readings was you had to write down the cards that came up in the spread, your interpretation of those cards for the client, and then they had to write on the paper themselves and sign it saying, yes, this guy was either accurate or he wasn't, his insights were right, his predictions came true or whatever. So you actually had real tests. You had to work that. Hang in there with us, John. Um, we got to take a break here real quick. John Russell, you can find him at johnrussell.net, teaching us about tarot. Stay with us here on Coast to Coast AM. Stay warm. You are listening to Coast to Coast AM. Hello there. Connie Willis here with you. Hey, if you'd like to learn more about me, follow me on my other show, uh, Blue Rock Talk with Connie Willis, live investigations of Bigfoot hauntings and strange lights. Well, go to ConnieWillis.com. There's also my live virtual bar. Have a drink with me on Connie After Dark. Just go to ConnieWillis.com and you'll see it right there. I've gotten some emails. I can't find your shows. Where are your shows? Well, you, if you go to ConnieWillis.com, you'll see where you can sign up for them. They are paid memberships. It's community on each one of them. And um, yeah, that's it. It's right there on the front page. You should see it. Just ConnieWillis.com. There you go. And to find our guest that we're talking to right now, johnrussell.net, and that's uh, John, J-O-H-N, and that's R-U-S-S-E-L-L. And he's got a couple books out there, too, Writing with Ghosts, A Knock in the Attic, 20 Ways. Did I I nail those because those were coming out of memory? Did I do that right, John? You got that right. The first one, Writing with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead. Uh, My second book, A Knock in the Attic. The third book, people are really going to want to get 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities uh, because it's got a chapter in beginning to learn the tarot. There you go. I think you that's what you last talked with George Norrie about, right? Yeah, the, we talked about the, my, my latest book. We talked about that in depth. Um, I wanted to get back to... Um, yeah, I want you to. Yeah, about, about your... Uh, when, I, when I learned the tarot got your and what I, what I went through to learn that, and I'll, I'll tell people a couple of things here that they can utilize uh, as they begin to learn tarot. Uh, one of the things that made this uh, so unique was that the course focused on practical results. Now, you can use the tarot for meditation, and we'll touch on that. You can use the tarot for dream states or for emotional or psychological evaluation and well-being but this course focused on let's believe that the tarot actually has an inherent power to literally see into people's lives to tell you what's going on and why and to literally accurately predict their futures and the course of actions that they should take and that was the focus of the course and so that's what i have always emphasized in my readings when you get a reading with me It's going to be, okay, here's what's happened in your life and why. Here's what's going on now and why. Here's what's coming in the future and here's what to do about it. So it's not going to be pie in the sky, by and by type of stuff. It's not going to be theoretical stuff. And you were mentioning earlier, you know, all in the interpretation. Mm -hmm. And that's what frustrates me is when I see people, you know, I, I studied the tarot, got my certified tarot master degree. I did that, I think, when I was about... 15, something like that. 
and I read for everybody on the planet I could find free <laughs> just to hone my skills for three years and then started reading professionally at the age of 18. Mm. And then my entire life has been spent in continual study. I continue to study, continue to learn, continue to refresh myself, and, and continue to try and get even deeper, even more accurate, have an even greater understanding of the psychic and paranormal realms. And that's what frustrates me is when somebody buys a tarot deck, buys a book, reads it through, does a few reading on their friends, and then they hang out their shingle. I'm a tarot reader. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes. <laughs> something that takes years of study and practice. Yeah. And again, that interpretation should be that when you're through with the reading, people go, holy cow, how did you know that? How did mm -hmm. you, how is it possible that you could come up with these things? And then it should also be that the predictions you make happen, that they're accurate. Over the years, you know, I've read professionally for over 50 years now for clients in over 40 countries, which just blows my mind. It's just amazing. It blows my mind. That's great. And for all of this period of time, my client feedback has been that my insights are 80 to 90 percent accurate and my predictions are 80 to 90 percent accurate. So this is what you want to look for mm. if you, you know, if you're looking to become a reader, have you got the chops or not? You know, are your insights accurate? Do your predictions happen? Are they fulfilled? Uh, if you're going to a reader, there's a number of things to look for, but uh, that's that's the main thing. You know, are they a pie-in-the-sky, uh, by-and-by type of person? Are they going to tell you, oh, I see these energies around your emotions and your, you know, maybe you should meditate or do this or do that, or are they going to get down to the nitty-gritty of here's what's going on in your life, here's why, here's exactly what to do about it in a way that's real that you can put into practice and really makes sense. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Where Where are you? Are you in Florida? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where Where in Florida? We're horse country, right about in the center. Which is? Ocala. Okay, thank you. It's like, man, come on, 20 questions to get to Ocala. Come on, man. No, I'm just kidding. You knew what I was asking. No, the reason I say that, I used to be in Orlando. I lived in Winter Park there in Orlando. Oh, okay. And we'd go to Camp Casadega. They were like the best people in the world. I'm sure you know about Camp Casadega. Yeah, I've been to Casadega, yeah. What do you think of that area? Uh, you know, it's it's like no? any place else. There's some people that have a, a a really good talent and some people that are just mediocre, you know. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Cause, you know, that's that's like uh, they had to take a lot of tests just to work in to to get inside the fence area of of the of the camp right, to live right. in there. Mm, you know, okay, it, that'll be another discussion. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely would. So, uh, okay. So, you know, we, we tend to. Um, I think we tend to automatically be awed or believe in anybody that hangs out a shingle or says they have a talent or ability or oh, whatever. Not me. Way. We should yeah. really analyze people and we should really, you know, like yeah. on my website, I have over 80 client testimonials. I have media testimonials and, um, you know, we, Oh, you're set up. Yeah. We need to analyze people and see what they've done and if they hold up to scrutiny and if they really have a gift and a talent. You know, it's one thing to do mm -hmm. a really great reading for one person and the next ten miss. You know, they don't. Yes. 
And so you've got to be on all the time. You've got to be able to do, to do that all the time. By the I way, appreciate before that. we got on the air here, I did pull a card for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's very, very telling, and I think you'll relate to it. We're not going to go in depth. We're just going to uh, hit the highlights here. But basically, it just reveals that you're a person of drive, energy, and focus. And the caveat to that is don't overlook the details because no, you're sure. so focused, so driven, have so much energy directed toward the big picture that you might overlook a detail that could derail you or sidetrack you or whatever. So it's great that you are that. Just don't overlook the details. Got it. Got it. You'll have to pull. See, now is when someone would pull the other cards to go, let's get, let's go to the details here. Do, 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 do. So, so let me ask you this. Okay. So, uh, tarot, different people do different things. Like I was right. saying earlier, somebody might lay one card down, then they do threes, sets of threes, or they do fives, or they do one to the left, one to the right, one up right. top. How do you do yours? And, and what's that all about? Is that also kind of your own thing kind of stuff? Well, there's all kinds of different spreads that ah, have been passed. That's the way down. to call it. Right. Spreads. Yeah. There's all kinds of different spreads that have been passed down. And Typically, a person works with what they learned. For example, when I got my, my certified tarot master degree, I worked with the interpretations, the spread that I had been taught and used in the course, uh, the interpretations that they had given me of the cards. And I utilized that for probably a decade before I even began to expand outside of that and look at other things. The, uh, the danger... And learning is that you can learn too much and you get to the point you confuse yourself. Mm -hmm. So I tell people when you're starting out, find a deck of cards that speaks to you. Find a tarot deck that you're drawn to and that speaks to you. And get way overly familiar with that deck. Carry it everywhere. Look at it. Look at the cards. Let them speak to you. Find one book that you can relate to on the card's meanings. And most tarot decks come with a little pamphlet inside that gives a little quick basic meaning of each card, and that's fine. You can use that. The important thing is, whatever you utilize, use that and get good at it. Get proficient with it. And then use that for a number of years. Because if you use, like, the Celtic cross spread, which is typically what I've learned and what I still use in readings, if you use that and you use it uh, just enough to kind of get your feet wet and kind of get familiar with it and kind of halfway know what you're doing. And then you see, oh, there's this three-card spread. Oh, there's this star spread. Oh, there's this this square spread. Oh, there's this blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you start using all these things before you're ready, you're going to confuse yourself because you haven't gotten proficient in one thing yet. So I heard, I heard, by the way, John, that there's the John Russell spread. That's like the best. That's the king of all of them. <laughs> you know that one? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, people need to, to focus and learn one thing really well and then begin to expand outside of that. Because, mm -hmm. look, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tarot decks. There's probably hundreds of spreads that you can use. There's multiple interpretations of the cards so you can confuse yourself 
And if you really want to get good at it, if you really want to do something constructive with the tarot, you know, find one book, find one deck, and work with that enough that you become proficient enough that you know what you're doing and that you can actually utilize it to see into people's lives and to predict their futures. When you get to that point, you know, then start uh, looking around, experimenting if you need to. I've never felt the need to experiment because everything I do works for me, works for my clients. And so, you know, don't don't mess with perfection. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that with the cards, I think you, ha- this is me. Tell me, tell me, tell me your thoughts. You're the, you're the pro in this area, but it seems like you have to have abilities already, intuitive abilities already and using the cards is the best success. When people have no abilities whatsoever and they just start doing the cards, I, I would want to run from that person. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, we all do have psychic abilities to a degree, but you mm-hmm. have to take uh, the proper steps to develop those abilities. And, again, in my latest book, that takes people that either want to increase their abilities or don't think they have any abilities, and it takes them step by step, um, leads them through every technique in the book step by step, how to learn it, how to practice it, how to get good at it, and the real-world application of it. So, you know... In any spiritual undertaking, using any tool or technique, uh, you have to start at the beginning, and you have to develop what gift you have. And we have to understand the analogy that I always use, Connie, is that um, just like music, I could take piano lessons for two years and maybe just barely be able to play chopsticks passably. Somebody (laughs) else could take piano lessons for two years and be on the concert stage, making us all go, wow. So it's the same thing with psychic abilities. Yeah, we all have psychic abilities to a degree, but not everybody's going to progress to the point where they become a professional reader. Not everybody's going to progress to the point where it's a normal everyday part of their life that they have all these manifestations and occurrences on a regular basis and so on and so forth. So again, going into this, you have to find and respect your own level. And uh, you know, it, it really irks me when, like you're saying, when people that haven't developed an ability or don't have that much ability start trying to be a reader and start trying to, oh, I'm going to make money from this. I'm going to get famous from this. You know, I'm a, man. <laughs> you know, We're on the same page with that. People. We're on the same page with that across the board, whether it's, yeah. uh, you know, now I'm a Bigfooter, now I'm, you know, the UFO, this and that, all these. Uh, you can't right. embellish. You cannot make up stories. you got to, exactly. you know. Exactly. Got to be right, you know, it just messes it up for everybody. It, it does, just, it does. Ugh, and, you know, in my crazy. life, I have a, a tremendous, uh, a tremendously wide number of psychic and paranormal disciplines that I practice and that I've learned, and it's very wide-ranging. And I've used everything from dowsing rods to tarot cards to crystal balls to crystals to on and on and on and on. But... In learning to utilize each one of those, I did it in the same way that I did tarot. I I came to it as a beginner. I said, okay, how do I learn this? What do I do with it? What's the real-world application? And studied and worked and studied and worked and studied and worked and developed it for years. So I don't have just a surface knowledge of these things. These are things that I've devoted my entire life to ever since I was a, a kid. And still doing it. You're still doing, you're still studying it. Still studying, still progressing, still trying to get better. 
<laughs> and that that's I wonder if it's just a new you know it, it's just the way it was back then you know you knew that that's how you had to do it nowadays everything is uh, you know just really quick everything's just like yep. fast food right it's just got to yep. be quick or forget it and you move on to something else exactly i think it was just exactly. a different time right here we are sounding like old people it's, it was know, a different right? time but, you know those old ways are the best <laughs> because that's truly how you learn how you get good and yeah. how you progress yeah. and i tell people you know look there's no shortcuts to any of this if you want to get good you put in the study you put in the time you put in the effort and you put in the practice and it's like I tell people about learning the psychic techniques in my latest book. After you learn those, if you don't continue to work with those and practice those, the ability doesn't continue to develop. What do you think? What? Hmm. What do you think about? Uh, I don't know if I want to ask you this yet. Hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, we got a break coming up, so I'm like, I wonder if you can say okay. it. In, well, we can, yeah, time. we can wait. I don't want to cut it off. <laughs> yeah, See, those are the, 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 yeah, that's the thoughts of a radio broadcaster. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, man, he might, I want him to go longer than the amount of time we have left. So, uh, yeah, so I'll do that when we get back. So when we, uh, when we, uh, come back, we'll also take some, phone calls as well to see if anybody wants to ask you some questions on it, even though we've got more to talk about with it. But oh, yeah. uh, I love this, man. I, you know, I wanted some deep conversation on tarot and to learn more about it. And so you've got it going for us. So I appreciate that. But um, I still want to ask you, I'm dying to ask this. I don't want to forget the question, but it, it's basically, uh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to, I'm going to wait. Well, so tell me about your or, books. Or, real. or you can ask the question and then we can get to the answer after the break. No, I'm going to, I'm going to telepath, telepathically send it to you and see how good you are. <laughs> and see, I'm going to just let you answer when we come back. <laughs> so tell people where they can find you real quick. Uh, they can go to my website, johnrussell.net. Now for my books, I've also developed a dedicated author website. And that's johnrussellauthor.com. So .net for the readings, johnrussell.net for the readings, johnrussellauthor.com for the books. There you go. John Russell, and that's J-O-H-N-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. -L. Connie Willis with you. You're listening to Coast to Coast AM. 